Welcome to the Three P's of Cancer podcast, where we'll discuss prevention, preparedness, and progress in cancer treatments and research. Brought to you by the University of Michigan Rogel Cancer Center. I'm Scott Redding. We're here with the University of Michigan Comprehensive Cancer Center's Cancer Anseline Nurse Annette Short to talk about cancer screenings. Before we get started, let's meet Annette. She has been with the Cancer Anseline since 2001 and a nurse for 30 years. She has certifications in oncology and breast cancer. Annette, help us understand why it can be so confusing on knowing what and when to get screened for cancer. Well, that's a good question, Scott. I wish I had the exact answer. Um, I'm not really sure, but I can tell you that, for example, the American Cancer Society, the United States Preventative Task Force, all their guidelines are evidence-based, meaning that their recommendations are coming from clinical trial research, um, and that's where they provide our rec- the recommendations. Um, but I think the most important thing when you look at these recommendations, you need to just remember that you need to talk with your physician and you need to learn what is the best um, screening for you, when you should start, and how often you should have it. So the best thing for me to do is just talk to my, my doctor about what is the right screening. But are there common screenings for cancer that, that I need to be aware of, especially as a male or you know, even for my wife or other family members? Yeah, there are um, common screenings. It's First, it's important to remember that screenings are important. Why are they important? Because they can find cancers early. And if you can find a cancer early, then it's treatable. Um, and that can help reduce death, you know, improve survival rates. So that's just a basic thing why you should have a cancer screening. So for women, the common screenings are for breast cancer. That would be a mammogram. Um, that's the gold standard the best way to detect breast cancer. Um, for cervical cancer, um, the PAP test is the, the other the standard for detecting cervical cancer cells. Um, for both men and women, uh, for colorectal cancer, there's different tests, diagnostic tests that can detect um, colon cancer. Um, you can have a colonoscopy. You can have a flexible sigmoidoscopy. You can have a double ba- double um, barium uh, contrast enema, and you can also have a, um, a, a virtual colonoscopy. Um, when you choose those types of tests, when you talk to your doctor, you just need to remember that if you're going to have a colonoscopy, that if you have negative results, then you won't have to go back for 10 years. But for like a flexible sigmoidoscopy and for a virtual colonoscopy, if you have negative results, you'll have to have that test every five years. So um, along the lines of the colonoscopy, I know that it seems that you hear more about that as as an option for um, or the screening capability. Is that the most common way that people have uh, get screened for for colon cancer or colorectal cancer? Or um... well, I think again, it's what's best for you. Um, lots of people choose that because uh, the pros for having a colonoscopy again it's that time frame. If you have a negative result, you don't have to go back for 10 years. The prep isn't always that pleasant, but you have to have a, uh, a prep for the others, too. Uh, it doesn't have to, it's not um, as intense. Um, the other thing with a colonoscopy, they can take out polyps during that procedure. Um, with the other ones, you can't always do that. Um, and then they can do a biopsy at that time when they remove that tissue. So though, that's one reason people choose the colonoscopy. So um, as, a, as a male, obviously, that's something that um, I'm 
necessarily looking forward to. But you know, are there other uh, screenings from a male standpoint that I need to be thinking about or, or considering? Mm-hmm. So for men, um, prostate cancer screening um, is something you need to discuss with your physician. Um, it used to be there used to be a standard where you had a PSA, which is a prostate serum antigen drawn, and a digital rectal exam when you're at the age of 50 if you're at average risk. But the guidelines have changed a little bit. That's when you should, if you're at average risk, you should have the discussion whether or not you should have the the PSA and the digital rectal exam. It depends on your family history um, and other health factors, too. It's very individualized. Now, if you are at a higher risk, meaning that you're African-American, because African-Americans tend to develop cancer, prostate cancer earlier, and it tends to be more aggressive as well. Um, Or if you have a first-degree relative that has had prostate cancer, and that means if you've had like a brother or a father, then you can have that discussion at an earlier age, at the age of 45. And if you're even at higher risk, meaning that you have um, the genetic component, let's say somebody has tested positive for a mutation in your family, or you have more than one relative that has had um, prostate cancer, like a brother and a father, then had that discussion even at the age of 40 or earlier. So uh, about the genetic aspect, if um, I have a family member who uh, has a BRCA gene, is that mm-hmm. something that I need to be thinking about or concerned about uh, as it relates to um, me as a, as a male? Since that seems to be more of, you hear that more about with women that maybe have uh, BRCA um, one and two, um, mm-hmm. as it relates to breast and ovarian cancers. Yeah, even as a male, you should um, talk about that with your physician because men get breast cancer as well. So you need to think about um, if anybody has a mutation, um, you want to make sure that you're aware of that. Um, and that means that you need to have your cancer screenings and be vigilant about that. Um, have your annual and your physical and think about lifestyle um, changes to be more healthier. Um, if somebody has a genetic component in your family, um, you need to talk to the doctor about your cancer screening risk. Um, and sometimes people think about genetic counseling. It's not right for everybody, but sometimes that information is helpful because if you had a genetic uh, counseling appointment and you found that you had a mutation, That information might be helpful if you have a son or daughter or niece or nephew so that you can pass that information on saying, yes, we have this gene that's mutated. Um, You may want to think about talking about with your physician about this, uh, making sure you get your cancer screenings and being aware of the signs and symptoms for those types of cancers. So what um, if there is that potential um, hereditary aspect or um, maybe um, being from a, an ethnic background that has a higher propensity for cancers, at what age should I start to discuss with my um, physician? Well, I don't think there's a set age, but I think um, what you would want to do if, if you found out somebody in your family had a genetic component at your next appointment, I mean, I would just say this is what I found out Um what would you recommend for me for screening? Should there be any changes? Do you think um, I should have my mammograms earlier if it's a BRCA1 or 2 if you're a female? What about prostate cancer screening if there's that type of mutation? So it's, it's really individualized. There's not um, a set time you need to or a set age you should talk to your physician. But once you know about it, then talk to them right away.
So far we've talked about, um, I, I hate to see it, use the word common cancers, but, mm-hmm. you know, breast and prostate. Um, but, you know, is it difficult to screen um, for ovarian and pancreatic and or rare cancers uh, that people might get? Yes, unfortunately it is. Um, so for some of these types of cancers, there are no screening recommendations. Um, so if you think about ovarian the organs, the ovary and the pancreas, those are internal. So the first symptom sometimes you have for other types of cancers, like for breast cancer or for prostate cancer, you feel you feel a lump. So with these types of cancers, you probably aren't going to feel that. Um, you'll have general symptoms such as like feeling bloated, um, feeling full quickly, uh, maybe some um, weight loss, um, things that you can attribute to benign uh, conditions and things you can attribute to just getting older. You know, oh, I don't feel very good today. I just must be, you know, my body's changing. But so when you have ovarian and, and pancreatic cancer, um, the symptoms when we figure out that maybe we should be doing some diagnostic tests, it's usually more advanced, unfortunately. So for ovarian cancer, um, if you if the doctor suspected that there was some type of ovarian cancer, they were probably um, suggests the CA-125, which is a tumor marker. Um, and tumor markers are just substances that are in the blood that are elevated if somebody has that type of cancer. For ovarian cancer, that's a CA-125. Um, so that would probably be the first test that they would um, run, or a transvaginal ultrasound to see, to visualize in there, is there something wrong with the ovary. For pancreatic cancer, um, there there is no screening recommendations. Um, if they felt that you were having problems um, with the pancreas, lots of times the first symptom people will present with is jaundice. They'll be yellow, and that means the cancer is a little bit more advanced. They would probably do some scans like a CT or an MRI. But um, And there, there's tumor markers for pancreatic cancer too. Um, there's a CA-199, which could be elevated if you have pancreatic cancer. But these are all diagnostic tests. There's no screening recommendations. So really the bottom line is if you notice changes and they're unusual, go to your doctor before it's too late. If you can catch a cancer early, your prognosis is going to be better. Um, one of those other cancers, too, that um, I think that sometimes gets a bad rap, I mean, if you can say that about cancer uh, yeah. in general, but, um, you know, it's it's lung cancer. And are there are there avenues to screen for lung cancer? Mm-hmm. Um and um, so that it potentially could be caught earlier because it seems that, it, again, kind of like pancreatic cancer, it seems to be caught kind of in that later stage. Right. So there is um, new recommendations. There's um, the lung cancer CT scan that they um, can do as a screening test. This is a newer recommendation. I'm not sure exactly how many years old. I want to say a couple, like two or three, was result of the National Lung Screening Trial. Um but this screening test is only offered for a specific population. It's for adults who are the age of 55 to 80, who have a history of smoking, a 30-pack per year history, um, or or have, are currently smoking or have quit within the last, I think, 15 years. Um, so only that population do they offer the CT uh, scanning for lung cancer screening. And is that offered most everywhere or... Um... Um, I know here at the University of Michigan, we do we have that uh, lung cancer screening clinic. Um, Mid Michigan um, has that lung cancer screening clinic too. Um, no, not everybody does. Um, you have to have a special, you have to have the 
the equipment to do it. Um, but I think it's becoming more and more common. And then, um, and again, it's just talking to your physician mm-hmm. about that. And, and is there usually some reason why um, if I, you know, if I smoked a lot or if I didn't smoke, um, is there any reason why, uh, like a symptom wise, that I would maybe think that I'd want to, again, you know, with you mentioned with pancreatic cancer, you might show up, you might be jaundiced. Is there some sort of a, a symptom or something that would um, uh, instigate me wanting to get a, a potential lung cancer screening? Well, I mean, symptoms of lung cancer are if you have a persistent cough, if you're coughing up blood, those are the really two big symptoms of, of lung cancer. Um or having shortness of breath. If you have any of those signs, yeah, you need to go see your doctor and talk about um, having a, a not, I don't know if it would be a, a CT initially. They probably do a chest x-ray first. And then if they found something, then maybe a CT. We've talked a lot about uh, screenings and uh, things we can do by talking to our physicians. But are there other preventive measures that we should um, think about or discuss with our physicians? Yes. Um, so a lot of cancers, um, it's research has shown that lifestyle behaviors um, can reduce your cancer risk. And I mean, we've all heard this before, but you know, really the basic things for cancer prevention is don't use tobacco in any form, um, being active, um, don't have a sedentary lifestyle. So for adults, that means you want to try to be active at least 150 minutes uh, of moderate activity per week. Um, a plant-based diet, if you can try to, you know, think about your plate and fill it up with more plants than a, a lot of meat, a healthy diet, maintaining a healthy weight throughout your life, not being overweight, that also will help you, um, reduce your risk of cancer, um, limiting your time in the sun. Um, and if you are in the sun, protecting yourself using, you know, sunscreen, wearing hats, um, there's clothing now that's available that will protect you from, from the from the sun. Um, and then doing skin cancer checks. So you want to look at your skin. If you see any type of mole, any uh, and then that has changed, if it's gotten bigger, if it's changed in color, if it's, you know, oozing, if it, it has, like, um, any discharge, make sure you go to the doctor and have that checked out. Is there uh, any particular kind of... Um sunscreen to utilize uh, to protect our skins? I think the recommendations from the um, the Skin Cancer Foundation is at least a sun protection factor of, of uh, 30. Um, so you, you want to make sure you have that. Um, and if you have that sun protection factor, if you're out, um, I think the recommendation is to reapply every couple hours, every two to three hours. Or if you go in the water, when you come back out, reapply. So the days of uh, baby oil and... Uh, I know, yes. You can't I, do that anymore. <laughs> well, great. Well, Annette, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, and um, it's always good information. And again, we are um, wanting to help people to um, prevent uh, and to take on cancer um, as best they can. So um, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. And um, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening, and tell us what you think of this podcast by rating and reviewing us. If you have suggestions for additional topics, you can send them to cancercenter at med.umich.edu or message us on Twitter at umrogocancer. You can continue to explore the three P's of cancer by visiting rogocancercenter.org. Mm-hmm.